Hey everyone, welcome back to the Keep Watching Podcast, where we decide what to watch so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about Money Heist. Sarah, are you looking forward to talking about Money Heist? Of course I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always pumped. Okay. At good. least for this podcast, I enjoy it. Good, good, good. What's going on with you, Sarah? Uh, ooh, this weekend, I went to see John Mulaney, who, if you're unfamiliar, is a stand-up comic. And yes. uh, it was really good. But um, I have some beef. Not with John Mulaney, but with um, everyone who went to the show. <laughs> Maybe oh. not everyone, but a lot of people who went to the show. I'm about to sound, I think, real old and unrelatable, probably. Okay. But so, um, I don't know. I've spent the last two years inside wearing pajamas. So I got a little dressed up. It's fine. Nobody else got even remotely a little dressed up. There was a lot of <laughs> sweatpants. And this is for a comedian who always wears a suit. So I was a little bummed. Disappointed in the world in general. But that's okay. fine. <laughs> the real thing that got to me was how many people were really fucking late to this show. Like, you know, oh. when we went to see Monster X, like, it was approaching showtime start and i was like where are the people and then suddenly everybody got in like right in the last five minutes well this show was supposed to start at seven it didn't actually start until seven thirty, and i think i was in the eighth row and like most of the row the seats in front of me were empty at this time and like right when the lights went out when it was about to start there were like a family of four trying to get in my row because i was on the aisle and I'm like, well, it's dark. I can't see anything to let you in now. <laughs> so there's all this shuffling around. He had a, another comic whose name escapes me at the moment. I'm sorry, other comic. I did not get to pay attention to that guy talk too much because it was constant shuffling of people trying to get into seats in front of me. And mm, okay. that guy talked for another 20 minutes, maybe. Uh, and still not everyone had showed up. Like, we are... 50 minutes after the time this show is supposed to start and people are still walking in people were walking in with drinks from the bar so they weren't even like in a rush <laughs> and i was just very annoyed bitter for a while and then finally the shuffling stopped and i was able to enjoy the show but get it together people show up on time for shows i've never been to a, a comedy act before so i'm not sure what the etiquette is or the vibe of it is supposed to be I just feel like you, people should show up on time for a show of any kind. Like, it just seems terribly rude. Yeah. Like, it said it was starting at 7. It started at 7.30, and people still, I'm like, get your shit together. <laughs> I was so livid. Okay. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. This coming off of your story last week of old ladies complaining about yeah, yeah, people I, showing I up late. <laughs> I know. But their late was early. <laughs> And this yeah. late was an hour fucking late for a show. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, but, um, gotcha. <laughs> it was a good show and it was fun. And then afterwards we found this little like underground speakeasy jazz club and that had really good cocktails. And it was like in uh, that one date on, um, oof, uh, what's Heart that Signal. show we watched? Yes, Heart Signal when they were in the little jazz club. It was, it was very oh. much that vibe and it was, except it was, more 20s themed because they were going for the speakeasy uh, side of it. But it was pretty great. It was like our table was right up in front of the band and it was a good time. No one was late for that. Did you request a song that may or may not been from <laughs> La La Land? I did not request a song. Okay. I, I, would, I would not be so bold. Just let them do whatever they want to do. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> but yeah, so that was that was my recent events. Nice. You? Um, my, uh, what I'm dealing with right now is the lack of air conditioning in my house. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, and we're going into another heat wave, and it's going to be a couple of days until it gets How fixed. Long? <laughs> so, How long have you been without? Two days, maybe. Oof. Yeah. But I think I should make it through the podcast. We'll see if my computer makes it through the podcast. Oh, might get yeah. hot in this small room with a computer on. But you do have it up off the floor, right? Yes. So the fan isn't blowing directly yeah. into the carpet. It, okay. Yeah. Did the best I can do right now. Okay. But I think we're going to make it. I hope so. <laughs> Last time, though, mm-hmm. we podcast about the show Ghosts. Yes. I thought that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that as well. I have watched some of the American version. Oh, great. Okay. So I have watched more of the American version as well. I have watched a lot of the American version. So have I. Yeah. It's okay. I want to say I'm like nine, ten episodes in. Like, Okay. I might be a little bit further than you, but I haven't finished. I think it's like 18 seasons, 18 episodes right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's going to be a season two in the fall, which means it will have more episodes than the BBC version. Well, already they're not following the BBC. Okay, I was going to ask They have a couple episodes, like the Scout Leaders, like Death Day episode, that was a BBC episode. Uh, The one where they have neighbors that come over and they do a dinner party, that was a BBC one. But a lot of the other ones have not been actually related to the British version. And I like that. Like, I like that it's become more of its own distinct thing. And it's a different vibe. It feels like a different show. Better vibe. Even though it's got the same premise. I don't, I wouldn't say better. Like, I really okay. like the BBC <laughs> version, but it's, it's different and it's, it's enjoyable in its own, in its own way. And yeah, I, I got to the D&D episode, which was really the thing that piqued my interest. And that was fun. Love a good D&D episode. Definitely going to finish the American version. I did watch the third episode of the BBC version. Did that get you more into the vibe you were looking for? Where they accepted no. the ghosts? No. No, I, I would just. Episode is. Yeah, it's the the Boy Scout dying episode. Okay, which is yeah. like episode six of the American version. Hmm. But even even within the episode, it's like the main plot is the same, but there's a lot of side stuff that's totally different. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about. <laughs> I don't remember what episode this was, but there's at one point in the show where the Viking ghost <laughs> and mm-hmm. the I hope you got to this part and the Native American ghost. Are watching television yes and it's like <laughs> i assume this is a fake reality tv show <laughs> that they invented for this show i hope so if not called... well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it, it existed and the show is called it's getting hot in here <laughs> and the premise of the show is that you put a bunch of like single people young single people in a room or like a house, except it starts out where it's like it's freezing cold in the house. So everybody, so everybody like... has to wear big poofy parkas and you yeah. can't see if their bodies are hot or not. Yeah. And then when people get eliminated, they like reveal their bodies. And then people get very upset because <laughs> they like, threw no. away a hot person. Yeah. But then slowly over the course of the episode and the season of the show as they're binge watching it like they turn up the temperature until it's like crazy hot in the house and then everybody's forced to wear like bikinis and stuff i think they're actually naked in like the final episode oh really i didn't catch and that then, like the viking and native american ghosts are like disappointed they're like what's all this blurry that they've done like oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about that yeah they 
they were looking forward to nudity and they didn't get to actually see it <laughs> that's right oh man they are a good pairing those two ghosts i enjoy them american version of ghosts still going strong definitely recommend paramount plus is where you can watch that yeah i'm watching this like i like the show enough that i'm watching it with ads which is like oh i never oh, yeah. ads anymore okay that's all the check-ins i have sarah do you have anything else before we get into money heist no, I'm ready to get into Money Heist. Okay. Now, Money Heist. This will be, I would say, the most dramatic and intense show we've talked about on this podcast. Would you agree with that, Sarah? Oh, yeah. That sounds fair. Okay. This might be the most dramatic and intense show we ever talk about <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Good possibility of that. Yeah. I don't tend to like these super dramatic and intense shows. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, and maybe I'll try to explain or <laughs> come up with the reasons throughout the podcast <laughs> as to why it is. I love this show. <laughs> I, we're gonna today we're gonna watch episodes one and two on from the Netflix version, and I'll get into what that means. <laughs> and I'm probably like eight episodes into rewatching it <laughs> because <laughs> we watched it for the podcast. Um, so I got I got back into it into rewatching it because we watched the first two episodes. So you like it that much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I not not only is it something I don't usually like, but I'm rewatching it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um so Money Heist is a show that ran from 2017 to 2021, so it's completed. It has 5 seasons which Netflix labels as parts. Okay. And this is where it gets weird. There are 48 episodes on Netflix for Money Heist. Okay. But if you go to IMDb or like the wiki page for the show, it's going to tell you that the show only has 41 episodes. Oh. So what happened was, I looked this up, in 2017, Netflix acquired the global streaming rights for the series. And they recut the first 15 episodes, which I think the first two seasons were considered were 15 okay. episodes they cut them into 22 episodes oh so weird. the netflix version of this is a kind of like i i assume it's like kind of like a remastered because mm. it's so well done that i i i'm expecting that they made it better mm -hmm. not to say that i'm sure the show was good before they got their hands on it but the cliffhangers that they have at the end of every episode even though they added more episodes to the same content is still really good okay. so they must have had like cliffhangers in the middle of episodes <laughs> in the when they yeah. only had 15 episodes so yeah not if you're watching on netflix none of that matters <laughs> just just press play <laughs> and it'll play but uh that's the history okay so netflix when they picked it up there were only two seasons of or two parts of the show and then they greenlit the seasons three four and five and then around the same time when you search for money heist on netflix you'll see there's like two different like behind the scenes contents for this show because this show is actually very popular yeah but somehow sarah hasn't watched it i mean oh. i've seen it like on the top whatever's on netflix yeah. and it's just like yeah i'll get to that one day yeah yeah there's probably plenty of people who haven't watched it <laughs> but um yeah so there's in 2020 there was a documentary called money heist the phenomenon which i believe is kind of like maybe something netflix made to kind of like hype up seasons mm. three four and five okay because after the show was like really, really popular for the first two seasons. And then there's something in 2021 called Money Heist from Tokyo to Berlin, which is like all the filmmakers and actors like talking about the making of 
the oh, show. Okay. So you'll see that. And then also, if you search Money Heist on Netflix, you'll see a Korean version called mm-hmm. Money Heist Korea Joint Economic Area. <laughs> the well, subtitle that's a of that. chunky subtitle, but okay. Yeah. From what I can tell, I haven't watched it. It seems like it's the same as the Spanish mm-hmm. version. Just like a remake. Um, okay. Yeah. Except there's only six episodes, but they're longer. Like they might be like 70, 80 minutes per episode. Oh, okay. Um, which I don't think actually lines up to the original edit of the show. Cause I think it was like nine episodes in part one and then six in part two, but I don't know. Maybe they're trying to, they edit it more in line with the original version before Netflix changed it. I've I'm also not sure. seen some like dramatic K dramas where episodes are really long. So like it might just be their chill with long episodes, <laughs> you know, not yeah. necessarily trying to line up with anything, but just like it made sense for them to make it that length. Yeah. I don't think they're like in the middle of releasing episodes and there's just six. And I don't know if it covers all of season one of Hmm. the Spanish version or if they're doing their own thing uh, with the pacing of it. I'm not sure. But I have only watched the main event, which is just Money Heist. (laughs) That's all I've watched. (laughs) And Sarah has not watched it. Well, I mean, now I've watched two episodes. Two episodes. Okay. So that's what we're doing today. Do you have any thoughts on Money Heist before we get into the recap? Um, no, I mean, I, it's something that I, was on my list that I meant to watch for a long time just because I kept hearing about it from various sources and just hadn't gotten around to it. Um, there's some quality masks in the thing that are a little spooky if you stare at them for too long. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I, mean, I was excited to get a chance to watch it. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I'm always worried, you know, when you when you bring a show to the podcast and the other person haven't watched it, you never know how it's going to go. I feel like you worry about that more than I do. I'm just like, ha ha, this is what we're watching now. Deal with it. <laughs> well, I, I do the same thing, but then I also worry about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Episode one of Money Heist. Here we go. A woman awakens suddenly from a nightmare. Okay, well, but but let's let's say it like it is. My notes are opens with a hot girl in underwear on bed. Okay, all right, all right. You take it away. You take away the scene. There. I mean, that was it. That's like the okay. important thing from the first shot. It's just like, oh, there's a hot girl in her underwear. All right, this is the vibe. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, I think I think we get her name or not her real name, but what her name is going to be in the show. Yes, Tokyo. She's called Tokyo. Yeah, her name is Tokyo, and I think she. So she is going to kind of play the role of like the narrator in a lot of the parts in the show. Yes. So I guess like technically she's the main character, but there are going to be a lot of main characters in this mm-hmm. show. And then uh, we get a quick backstory of like what's recently happened to her. I think. Do you want to explain what you took away? So this show is we watched. I assume you did this too. I watched this in with subtitles it's in spanish with english subtitles i had to change it because netflix was like you want it dubbed and i was like no no i don't let's try again so people might have to actively change it yeah but but yeah I, i watch it with subtitles so what i got from this is that she has been she has a history of heisting with the subtitle said the love of her life so i don't know boyfriend husband girlfriend wife who knows but they have been heisting together, and apparently during their last heist, things went pear-shaped, and uh, her partner got 
shot by a guard and then she shot the guard and now she's on the run and her face is plastered over everywhere news and billboards or whatever like they're hunting her down all right you you picked up on all that real well (laughs) (laughs) i i think i you know i know her whole story from watching the show but i don't think i i like picked up on every detail from this quick montage in the beginning But good job. That was nice. Pay attention to subtitles and hot girl in underwear. I am multi-talented like that. (laughs) Uh, But one of the, I would say one of the important lines that she says is that she went from thief to murderer really quick when her uh, lover got shot. She, I I guess they had never really, you know, killed anybody before in their heist. But as soon as someone she cared about was in danger, she couldn't stop herself you know yeah she got to shooting that's how she got in really big trouble now she's a murderer not just a thief so she's gonna throw on some sunglasses and a hoodie she doesn't want to get recognized and some pants you know (laughs) as you do (laughs) but the sunglasses and hoodie to protect herself from being seen Mm -hmm. um and she's gonna walk outside she's gonna go to a payphone and she's gonna call her mom first mistake i guess so yeah I mean, I got to assume if you're on the run, just assume that you're anybody you care about, their phone is tapped and the cops are waiting for you. Like, just got to assume that. Yeah. So this is this show is going to become like an Ocean's Eleven style kind of heist situation. Mm-hmm. And Tokyo is the first character we're being introduced to. And she's not the brains of the operation. So, oh, no. Yeah. So, not, nope, not by a long shot. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's, it's okay that she makes this mistake. <laughs> um, but she, she talked, she's talking to her mom. The gist of it is like, uh, she's planning on fleeing the country, but she still wants to like see her mom sometimes and stuff. And then we're seeing her mom on her phone in her mom's house. It's a real tight shot. So, you just like see her mom's face and like the phone. But eventually, like, it pans around and she asks her, like, are you alone? And she's like, yes. But, like, you see in the background that there's a bunch of cops in her house. Yeah. So Tokyo had plan was planning on going to see her mom, like, one last time. Mm-hmm. But the mom basically, like, didn't say anything to her and is basically, like, about to help the cops arrest her. Yeah. But fortunately, right after she hangs up the phone... Her narration comes over and she said, that's that's when my guardian angel first showed up. And what happens is a man pulls up uh, to her in a car and it becomes an aggressive situation pretty quickly. <laughs> right, Sarah? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, as you should never trust a random man who pulls up beside <laughs> you and tells you to get in his car, uh, she pulls a gun on him pretty quick. Yeah. And demands that he explains himself. And he shows her some pictures of, I guess, he was stalking her mom's house. And so he has pictures of her mom meeting with the cops and, like, snipers on rooftops nearby. So she believes him when he says that it's a trap and she should not go home. Yeah. And then he is going to tell her about a job that he's putting together. The ultimate heist. The ultimate (laughs) heist. 2.4 billion euro heist, which Tokyo is going to narrate that is the biggest in history would be the biggest in history is there a i mean i guess there must be somewhere a scoreboard for all the heists so that way yeah. all the, <laughs> the the heisty criminals can compare their their top scores she mentions other heists but i did not look them up to see if they were real, <laughs> they were real or heists? if i'm sure they were I, but uh i didn't look up the uh 
the amount of value that was stolen or whatever. Hmm. But the man in the car is also going to say he's looking for people who don't have much to lose. So that is why he is aware of Tokyo's situation, even though I think it's pretty recent, right? Yeah, Seems I think really it's recent. just in like 11 days. Something like that, she, uh, yeah. Messed up the house. Yeah, so he's on top of it. He's aware of her situation and has found her and just wants her because he knows that she's desperate, basically. Yeah, never trust somebody who wants you because of how desperate you are. Like, that's never <laughs> going to be a good time. You don't think this is a good choice? I mean, okay. In what this... else are you going to do? Sure. In this thing, yes, it was a good choice. But just generally, it feels like a rule where, like, if somebody's like, oh, yes, I want the most desperate people that just run away, it's going to be a bad time. <laughs> but cut to, we see Tokyo and the men, like, walking, and then they, 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 like, pan out or change the camera angle, and there's, like, nine people walking in a line towards, like, a country house. <laughs> mm, yes. And it's very, like, I love the pacing of this because the the first this this opening scene with Tokyo is like a, how a lot of like dramas will start where they're like this slow build mm-hmm. but it was pretty fast only like maybe five minutes something like that and then they just get right to it with this like ocean's okay. 11 style cool music slow motion mm-hmm. walk up to a, a house <laughs> with these it's gonna be <laughs> nine people so I guess it's ocean's nine yeah they look like so cool in that scene but then it like cuts to them and it's all these cool people like crammed in these little teeny yes, school desks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love that they, as soon as they go in the house, they like walk upstairs and then they're all like in a classroom environment <laughs> sitting in these little desk chairs with the the guy from the car is at like the front and the, on the, on the blackboard. And, and like, he literally writes like, welcome. Yes. And well, he, his name, he is called the professor. So it, it very much fits with his vibe. We're going to find out not the names of these people, but what they're going to go by for the show very soon. So the, the professor, the man from the car, is going to start explaining the situation to everybody. And he's saying that what they're going to do is they're going to study for five months on how to do this heist that he has planned. <laughs> and he is immediately meant, uh, met with uh, some grumbling. And why would we need to do that? That's ridiculous. And he's yeah. like... People study for years to get a job, to get a salary. You're not going to study for five months to get more money than your family could ever use or whatever. Like, he, he is prepared with a comeback. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah. Now, these, these people that he's gathered up probably have not been very successful in studying in their life. I mean, that's probably fair. So they're not looking forward to it. But what is five months in the grand scheme of things for these people? It's true. Yeah, so then he's he's going to explain the, the the main rules that people need to go by for this heist. So there, no names, no personal questions, and no fucking, or <laughs> no relationships, No personal whatever. relationships whatsoever, yeah. Which is like an impossible, like, what? Like, if you live with someone, you have a relationship with them, whether or not it's, like, good and communicative is, it doesn't matter, it's still a relationship, but sure, okay. Yeah, it seems a little bit of like, you know, he ha- he has to say it in order to try to minimize the amount of attachment they get to each other. But, you mm-hmm. know, they're going to be in the same house for five months, though. So. And also, these don't seem like big rule followers. I'm just yes. going to put that out. <laughs> <They're> all... <laughs> this is when they, they so they decide 
to pick their names since they're not allowed to use their real names. Um, the one I wrote down is that the they threw out using planets since there are yes. nine, there are nine of them. Mm-hmm, but then somebody would have to be Uranus, so Uranus. of course they didn't go with that. <laughs> they, the one guy was like, "Oh, we can't do planets now." <laughs> <laughs> so then they come up with cities. They're going to use cities, and yes, that's when we get Tokyo. We already met, mm-hmm. and then. We meet Berlin, who is like a diamond thief. And all these guys as we go through, like they have like pretty serious criminal criminal records. Mm-hmm. Um, other than other than the professor, when we get to him, he will not. And she goes through like their their like rap sheet basically of what their specialty is and the kind of crimes they've done. But so my note about Berlin is that he's a dude in a suit. It's kind of creepy, and he's in charge of the heist. Now, did you get that just from? This scene, or is that your opinion for the first two episodes? Both. Both. I mean, she does. <laughs> okay. She introduces him as the guy staring at her ass. So I'm like, okay, that's the vibe we got for this guy. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then behind Berlin, there's going to be Helsinki and Oslo, who are twins, and they're just kind of like the soldier muscle guys of the team. Yeah, they look like bikers like older bikers yeah okay. i think they're they're like serbian mercenaries or something yeah i think that's right and then we have moscow and denver who are father and son moscow is the father and denver is the son and uh moscow is like the minor tunnel guy good with a thermal lance kind of expert yes and then the son is just there he seems to just get in fights a lot like i think that's He's just yeah. up to no good. The son is not qualified to be there or doesn't have a specific set of skills that would He's just make him valuable. He's just a package deal with Moscow. Yes, yeah. And then we have Rio, who... He's the computer guy. He's the tech guy, yeah. Every, every team needs a tech guy. And then uh, I think Tokyo describes Rio as like her only weakness. Yes. Something like that. She also describes him as... Um, really smart with any sort of technology but otherwise kind of dumb <laughs> like oh really he's really young like he's it's like he was born yesterday when it comes to anything else i think rio is like 22 something like that he's not like you know yeah a kid but yeah still yeah. young. and they are they like clearly foreshadow that they're despite the rule not having personal relationships oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. rio and tokyo are gonna definitely have a relationship yes Yes. Before this five 100%. months is over. Yeah. And then we have Nairobi. And I don't know about you, Sarah. Nairobi is the best. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good. She's a counterfeiter. And she's, I think she's kind of youngish. And also just, I don't know, she's got a fun, sassy attitude. Counterfeit bill expert, I think is how they describe her. And then I, her hairstyle is kind of wild. Like, she looks like she's like a lion. With mm. the way her hair is, like she has like a mane, like a male lion, I would say. Yeah. It's a pretty wild hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> She's very unique looking. And then we meet the professor. And so for the first eight people, they were showing like them walking in front of a, like a police station height thing with a card with their name on it. Like they were being Yeah, arrested. like getting their, their picture taken for their, their records. Yeah. Mugshot. That's the word. But then when they go to the professor, they show the exact same position that they were all in except there's nobody there because the professor is like a ghost he has no criminal record yeah i think they say he hasn't renewed his license since he was 19 
Yes. And I assume he's maybe in his like 40s, something like that in the show. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the professor is the true mastermind of the operation. Yes. So they never go into how everybody picks their city names, but I would love to know if you had to pick a city name for this heist, if you were. Oh. What would you pick? Tokyo is a really good one. Okay, but Tokyo is taken. If it's taken, so. like if if I did not get first pick of any of these. Um, yes, you have to pick a one that they have not chosen. Uh, Tokyo's name definitely gets explained at some point why she picked that. Um, oh, okay. I don't know about the rest of them. Because I'm not sure like what the reasonings are. I have a long list of things I have thought about. Hmm. I had my own question about the names. Well, what was your question about the names? My question was... <laughs> The the son's name is Denver, and I'm like, mm-hmm. really, Denver? Why is Denver a choice that somebody's making? <laughs> like, this is the one. I assume this is Denver, United Colorado? States. Colorado. Yeah, yeah like, like the United States. Is there another Denver? I don't know. I'm not good at geography. But if you're gonna pick a city in the United States, is Denver really the one? <laughs> I was thinking Dallas would be a like an obvious. That's a good one. one. I mean, like the ultimate like try too hard badass. U.S. city name, I think, is Phoenix, right? Like, if you're trying hard to sound oh, cool, yeah, like that's the one. Yeah, that is a good one. Oh man, I don't know how much time I want to th- consider thinking about this. <laughs> trying to think of a bunch of like capitals of things. I spent some time looking at a map and got down a weird rabbit hole. All right, let, let me hear down. yours. <laughs> let me okay, hear some so, of yours. Like, if we're just picking a city that I like. I like Portland, so sure. But like the part of me that wants to cause trouble wants it to be a city name that has a city in it just because it's dumb. So it'd be like New York City, Oklahoma City, Ho Chi Minh City, like just something long. Well, I think it would just be New York. No, (laughs) I would insist on city being part of my name. I don't think you're going to make this group of people. (laughs) They're going to call you what they want to call you. That's probably true. Um, but then like there are a lot of cities that are just people names. So like Jackson, Sydney, there is a town in uh Canada called Regina, and I just wish it was Regina George, because then I'd just be Regina George. Okay, you really did some research. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I got on a, in a rabbit hole of Canadian geography. It was weird. But like also if you're gonna do a person's name, you could be like St. Louis. That's kind of fun. But so there's also this list of absolutely ridiculous canadian towns that so there's like saskatoon which is just just fun to say uranium city summer beaver is a town in canada and that would be fun also pickle lake is a town i just kind of want to go see what's in pickle lake okay these are not things you knew about like you just no these are like i was looking at a map and i'm like (laughs) there's a town called pickle lake amazing that's my heist name Oh, but if you wanted to be like a cool badass, you could be Moose Jaw or a really, really long one I found was Happy Valley Goose Bay. That would be fun and (laughs) silly. But like my absolute favorite one, there is a town in Canada called Medicine Hat. I just want to be in a group of heisty people and my name is Medicine Hat. It's like, here comes Helsinki and Oslo and Tokyo and Medicine Hat. Like, <laughs> I just love it. These people would be like, that's not a city. You can't be that. That's literally what they would say. <laughs> and I'd be like, look, it's on a map right here. It's in Canada. Medicine Hat. That's me. <laughs> You're right. I wouldn't get along with these people and they'd give me a dumb name. Everything they picked is like 
pretty big profile cities, I would say. Except for Denver. Denver's I still... Mean, I mean, Denver's a big city, but... It's a capital. It's a capital of a state in the U.S. It's not the capital of the U.S. or... Yeah. It could have been Washington and just not on D.C. or something. I guess. Not that that name would fit for the character that is named Denver, <laughs> but... How about Jeddah? That's a good one. Oh, there you go. That, that might be my own. <laughs> I like it. That's the best I came up with while you were talking. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with Medicine Hat. Okay. Or Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw's pretty good. I think they might let me be Moose Jaw. You'd just be Moose if you chose that. I guess that's In true. like within hours. <laughs> within two minutes. Yeah. Demoted to Moose. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's the weird rabbit hole I went down. Okay. The show. <laughs> okay. So the, the professor is still explaining. Mm-hmm. What he's going to say is, we're not actually stealing anyone's money. Yeah. And on top of that, he has his, his plan is very ambitious. He says, we, we will get the public to like us as part of this plan. And there's going to be no violence, no blood, no victims. That is, yes, that is his goal. That's another big rule. He doesn't mention important. the beginning. Yeah. He doesn't mention the beginning, but the no violence, like no victims in terms of like hurting people is a big thing. And that goes together with, like, getting the public on their side. Yeah, like, that's his, like, big thing. It's just, like, as long as the public opinion is on our side, that's, that's, as soon as you shoot anybody, we've screwed that over, and they're, they're going to think we're terrible. Now, at this point in the show, Sarah, do you know what he meant by we're not stealing anybody's money? Uh, no. Okay. I wasn't sure if I explained it to you already, or? You might have, but I had forgotten it. Okay. So I love these little, like, sentences they say that, like, like. They they do actually intrigue me. I was like, okay. Like, I, I like heist movies. And mm-hmm. this is already setting up to be kind of like a unique kind of heist situation. And we're only yeah. like, we're probably 10 minutes or less into the show at this point, And it's already more entertaining than most dramas that I've watched before. <laughs> and then Tokyo says, what are we robbing? And the professor points to the back of the room where there's like a uh, a miniature model set up of a building. And he says, the Royal Mint of Spain. Yeah, before he actually said what it was, it was like, mm, I don't know enough about Spain to know what this building is, but it seems fancy. And then we cut to the opening music. What did yeah. you think of the opening music of the show? It's not what I expected. It was like, Oh, really? Well, I mean, it was in English. I thought it had it was maybe a song I had heard before, but then couldn't place it. And I just, I don't know, I expected something a little bit more high energy, I think. Oh, okay. But I, it, that's not to say I didn't like it. I just, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah, I like it. I kind of forgot about it because there's a song that they use later in the series. I forget when. That in my mind becomes like the theme of the show, but it's actually never the opening theme of the show. Okay. But this opening theme, it, it reminds me of the Westworld opening yeah. theme song. Um, it does have words though. I don't think the Westworld one does. That is but it's the same kind of like vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I listen to it once and then skip it, but (laughs) it's good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, after the opening scene, we cut back and the gang that we just got introduced to is in the back of a truck, except this time they're all wearing red jumpsuits and identical Mm -hmm. masks, which we find out are dolly masks at some point, which is a um, Spanish artist, Salvador Dali. He does the melty clocks. Oh, he's he's the clocks guy. They say that, right? Okay. Oh, I don't I don't know. They say something about that. I get lost in this conversation that they're about to have because what they're what they're gonna discuss is like 
um <laughs> like what makes a mask scary because some of them are not convinced that this dolly mask is like the best choice for the heist i think it's a little creepy honestly yeah it definitely is because it's like it's super elongated face like it's not mm -hmm. like a normal looking face um but i thought this discussion was funny because <laughs> like yeah, i think denver's like it should be like a skeleton or something no 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 <laughs> denver no denver says we should be we should be disney characters oh like, right 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 like pluto mickey mouse <laughs> donald duck yes because you'll seem extra unhinged when you're like wearing children's things and carrying guns yeah yeah that was the best that was the best idea that <laughs> that came up in this quick conversation but then they like pan it so they had like all the guys talking in the shot and then they like zoom out a little bit and naomi tokyo and nairobi are like kind of like shaking their heads like what the hell are these guys talking about they are unimpressed with all of yeah. these men right now yeah i think tokyo narrates like this like this this job really needs more women or something like that <laughs> yes after this silly conversation they have but yeah, so they they get out, they're taking this truck somewhere and they get out and they're picking up a bunch of equipment, different kinds of guns and explosives and you know stuff you might need for a heist. And this yeah. is the beginning of like this this team of people is very resourceful. Um, mm -hmm. I think like the professor in particular has a lot of like connections and resources that he can go to if like when things go south later on. Yeah, in the show. Okay. Um, it's kind of crazy how easily he could just get some stuff that he needs sometimes. Uh, but yeah, so this is going to be like a pretty standard, like, uh, carjacking kind of scene. Yes, because they need to get all of these weapons and explosives into the mint. And the way they're going to do that is by stopping the truck that takes in the paper that the mint uses and, like, load all their stuff into that. Yes. Uh, and drive in. But that truck is escorted by two cop cars so they have to deal with those cops as well yeah and this is a pretty like basic scene but what i like about it is that tokyo is like narrating over the whole scene about like why the carjacking is like working because like you know the the cop like the, the cops that are on this rotation are only 26 years old or something like that and mm -hmm. You know, this truck driver is not going to risk his life for, like, the salary he's getting paid. And, all, like, all these right. little details as to, like, it's not just, like, they didn't think about this and it's just going to work because, you know, that's how the movies works. It's, like, they actually give a reason as to why this plan should be working. And they're going to do that, like, throughout the show. Yeah, a lot of all the decisions made are based on the psychology of how people are going to be thinking in those situations. And, like, that's how... The professor can predict what they need to do at a particular time to make things go their way. Yes. And this, I think this is what I really like about this show is the, the actual effort into explaining why the dramatic bits are working mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, creating a situation for there to be drama in the show. But then that drama just kind of gets resolved because that's just how TV shows work. Mm -hmm. now it is still that but they are actually giving me reasons and so it all like logically makes sense yeah they at least it's good enough to convince me <laughs> <laughs> so i appreciate that yeah so they're basically gonna use the guards and like threaten them with guns and mm -hmm. make them drive them into the mint essentially 
Yeah, it's like there's two people in each car and they swap clothes with one person from each car. So like the driver is still the original driver, but they all have somebody with a gun on them. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't even pick up on the clothes swap thing. See, that's good. Oh yeah, yeah. They pack uh <laughs> three guys in the back of the truck in the red jumpsuits. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, so the guys they hijack become hostages in this too, right? Yes. Oh, okay. See, look, it's so thought out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but then we cut from this scene, and um, there's a girl on a bus, and she seems lonely, <laughs> right? But not for long. Do you want to describe what happens in this scene, Sarah? Because <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah, so she's sitting on a bus. She's the only person, like, she doesn't have somebody in her company seat, but she's like, there's this guy looking at her. She's looking at the guy, and then she gets a text message from the guy that's like, hey, can I come sit with you? Because... He couldn't bother to say that. Like, he's close enough where he could just, but whatever. Um, and she <laughs> says, okay. And he comes over and he sits with her. And then he's immediately like, hey, can I be your boyfriend? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and she's just like, sure. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought happened. But I wasn't sure if I was missing something. Yeah, my notes for this are a teenage girl on a bus gets a boyfriend. Like, okay, <laughs> that's part of the show. Don't know why it's important, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So they they agree to just be a couple. And then they mm-hmm. kiss and hold hands. And yep. we also find out that this bus, so this bus, why it's going to tie in, is it's a school trip. And I believe this is like a British high school. It um, is. I think the whole uh... bus is from a British high school. I don't know if it's specifically British, but it might be like um, a foreign school of like where a lot of foreigners come. It might be a British. I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, they're pretty close. So I thought like, okay, maybe you can just go on a field trip to the Royal Mint of Spain. <laughs> from, oh. You know. Well, they are mm, they are speaking and texting in Spanish, but like, like even amongst each other. Oh, are they know. speaking Spanish to each other? You might well, be right. When she texts him, she texts instead of yes oh her. that's true but that might just be because the show is in spanish i don't know yeah yeah i didn't think about that for some reason i thought this whole bus was like british students but i do know that she is in fact british we find that out later yeah i don't know about the rest of these kids but they are all in like uniforms so it looks like they go to kind of a fancy school so okay. it, it might be an international school it might be a very long field trip who knows uh but yeah this bus is going to arrive at the Royal Mint, and the students are yep. there for a tour. I think it's some weird situation where, like, there's the Mint, but then there's, like, a museum for the Mint that's, like, part of the same building. Yes. So I think that's why all these kind of people are going to get involved in this situation, because yeah. this, the museum and the Mint itself are combined in one building. And as they're going in, Tokyo and uh, Nairobi are watching them from a car nearby. Yes, yes. The, the, when they're walking in, they pan out, and Tokyo is, like, radioing to the professor. He's like, she says, the little lamb is going in. So this girl who just got a boyfriend must be important. Yes, you would hope. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> what are we watching here? <laughs> well, I mean, earlier there was just a scene where a woman took a pregnancy test, and then it cut away, and I was oh, like, yeah. that was somebody. I hope she's okay. Sure. I don't know if Netflix made that editing decision, but it was just like, it was literally like a three second randomly in between things where it was just like, oh, there's a woman that got a positive pregnancy test. I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. What's, yeah. what's her relationship status? Is she happy right now? We don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they edited it like that. <laughs> Some interesting choice. 
and then also the robbers the what do you what do you want to call the they i think they refer to themselves as robbers i guess the gang of heist people <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not I like guess. heisters isn't a word yeah robbers even. seems like too basic <laughs> for, like for this level of uh criminals i don't know yeah the gang <laughs> the gang yeah yeah the gang is um gonna get to like the guards checkpoint at the mint um but they're gonna get through and then we cut to the woman that had a positive positive pregnancy test again and she works in the mint so there we go that's why we care about her all these different characters before <laughs> the high starts are getting we're getting to meet them a little bit uh we found out we find out she's monica her name is monica and she's like the front desk secretary i guess of the mint is that Solid how you describe maybe. her? I, 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 when we first see her in here, like she's hunched over some money. I think I thought she was like looking for imperfections or something. I, I don't really know. Oh, okay. Hmm. All I do know is that Arturo seems like he's her boss and he is also the father of that baby and he has a wife and children. So it's a difficult situation. Arturo is definitely like, he's like the manager of the mint. I think he's like a big deal. Yeah, there's probably some fancy, like, title that goes with being in charge of the Mint, but I don't know what it is. I thought Monica was, like, his secretary or something, which is why they are they are involved with each other. But yeah, so Arturo is going to come over and, like, flirt with Monica, I guess, as he normally does <laughs> at work. Mm -hmm. uh, and Monica's going to break the news that she's pregnant, and he does not have a good reaction <laughs> to this <laughs> Just, news. Just, like, walks away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then we cut away, we quickly cut away from that. <laughs> or do we? I forget. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. Let's just go, let's just talk about these two. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so like you said, we're going to, they're going to get into like an argument after the first awkward interaction. And we're going to find out that Arturo has like three kids and he's already married. And she thought he was going to be happy about this. And, and yeah, <laughs> not quite sure why. Uh, but he's just like, no, this, no, this is not a good thing. Yeah. He's, he has three kids, but he hasn't had a, kid like all his kids are like 20 years old or more or something like that mm. like it's been a while for him yeah uh okay and then the rest of the scene is just so intense with the the cuts that they do yeah and i tried to write everything down that happens but it's like really fast and we're talking about it way slower than it's happening but so by now the truck has made its way inside the mint yes and rio is doing his hacker thing and has managed to turn off the alarm yes at the same time tokyo and nairobi are going in the front door with bags full of guns yeah <laughs> and so they time it just right like once the alarm is off to like go through the metal detector and then like point guns at people basically yeah so like everybody and, and at the same time everybody's popping out of people were hiding in these big tubes that i guess the the money paper was supposed to come in so they like three of them pop out like they're popping out of a cake and they're just like, ha, -ha <laughs> yeah. guns. <laughs> and they do it in the middle of like Monica and Arturo's like argument that they're having. Yes. So they, they're arguing about their situation. And then these heist people pop out <laughs> right as yeah. they're talking. Oh my God. Intense. But yeah, the gang has timed it up so simultaneously at all these different locations. They're revealing themselves and scaring everybody. Yeah. And because the alarm is disabled, like, despite all the commotion going on inside, like, the outside world is not aware of what's happening yet. Yes. And so they're, like, shepherding everybody in a single direction so they can control them in one area. 
Yes, everybody's going to get rounded up. We're going to have guards, tourists, students, workers at the Mint. They're all in play in this in this story. They're all going to be yeah. hostages. And it's a lot of people. But there's somebody that they're, they can't find. It's somebody yeah. that's important. They can't find that teenager who recently got a boyfriend. She is missing. I don't know. Do we hear her name? Her, her name is going to end up being Allison Parker. Yes, we hear it eventually. I don't. Yeah. I don't know when. But they can't find her because uh, she's in the bathroom making out with the brand new boyfriend, I guess. Yes. And this dumb boy is an asshole. Yes, he's terrible. <laughs> you can describe this scene if you want to, Sarah. I mean, well, first it's the stereotypical, like, he's going too fast for things. And she's like, no, thank you. And then he's like, but what if we just take, like, a cute, sexy picture together? And then, like, last minute, like, rips part of her top off. So, like, it's a topless picture. And I got the vibe that he was not trying to actually be her boyfriend from the beginning, but maybe this was all a big dare to try to, like, get a terrible picture of her and, like, put it on the internet and ruin her reputation or something. Oh, you think it was, like, some sort of dare? I think he or just Or wanted... it was just his, his, he would, he just wanted to ruin her for some reason because. I thought he just wanted to have sex with asshole. her. And then when she didn't immediately give it to him, he was like, oh, I know what I do in this situation. I'll be an asshole. <laughs> Something that's yeah, that might be his go-to move too yeah, yeah it's just a lot of like this guy's terrible yeah he sucks yeah it's gonna be a lot of people that suck in this show <laughs> are oh okay so are there people who don't suck oh oh you think everybody sucks <laughs> well i mean i everybody is like doing some amount of you know badness i would say at this point not everyone has proven to me that they suck but i am open to the idea that they may suck in the future this, so. this boyfriend guy is the first to like do something like truly terrible okay. i mean they're 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 robbing the mint but oh yeah they already explained you know they're not stealing anybody's money so <laughs> they, yeah. they haven't done anything wrong yet <laughs> but yeah this asshole's move is what gets them caught because she start like he like took the picture with her phone and he's holding it way up above her and like i guess gonna send it to himself or tweet it or whatever dumb asshole yeah. boys do he puts it on instagram like instantly i think is oh is idea. that what he did yeah so it's on social media like immediately and he well, posted it to her account. So it looks like she's going to end up being like very worried about this um, because it just looks like she posted like a nude picture mm, of herself online yeah. with no context. And uh, this isn't going to, this happens very soon, but like all the hostages are going to get their phones taken away. So she doesn't have an opportunity to delete yes. it before her phone gets taken away. So this is going to weigh on her. Yes. Yeah, so she and the dumbass will get caught like right after this happens and get rounded up with all the other hostages. Yeah. In the main area. Yeah. Tokyo finds them. And then finally, this intense scene is over. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh man, I love the pacing of this. Like we might, I don't even think we're 20 minutes into this show yet. Yeah. Like maybe 15 minutes. And just like we have gotten to the business that is this <laughs> show. Yes. Uh, we are not, it's not, not, slow, not a slow build. I like it. <laughs> so yeah cut to the next scene and all the hostages are going to be blindfolded yeah they have these little sleep masks on and then the gang feels fine taking their own masks off yes um and a lot of people are you know upset because they're now hostages and uh, berlin is like trying to calm this one lady down and he's just very handsy and gross and i, I did not enjoy him Okay, I was going to ask you, like, what's the progress? <laughs> Early on, you just decided this Berlin guy is no good. Okay. Yeah, and and he proved it. Like he just he you know like he did not 
give me any evidence to the contrary and then gave me evidence to prove my theory. If you've only watched two episodes, it's just the tip of the iceberg. With this guy. <laughs> I, I imagine that that is true. But yeah, so Berlin is kind of going to be like the robber that is in charge for the most mm-hmm. part. He's going to give a lot of these speeches to the hostages. And yeah. he is definitely creepy, but he attempts and I wouldn't say he's totally he's like totally terrible at it, but he's like he's pretty good at seeing seeming like reasonable in the beginning where he's like he's like apologizing to everybody for being in this situation but like this is what it is like we we need hostages kind of thing you know yes it starts that way but he definitely also has very menacing moments yes like a little later on when somebody peeks out from under their mask like he he makes it very clear that they're probably gonna die yeah he's simultaneously trying to calm them down while making them respect him with fear so it is it's i would say say what you want about berlin but the actor that is playing berlin i think is pretty incredible in the show oh, yeah yeah, yeah definitely. very good so yeah denver is going to be going around collecting everybody's phone and getting their pin number so that if the robbers want to use their phone for whatever reason they ha- they can open it and it's important to note that arturo has a dumb pin because yeah, arturo yeah. that was like a, his <laughs> pin is like one two three four yeah. I thought he was just lying. Yeah, they never try it, but like... I think they do try it and realize it's right, but they just like mm. don't really highlight it. Uh, but they just like laugh at him. Arturo is the only hostage that they show who is like, he says like, why do you need my pin number? Like kind of thing. Like he's, Oh yeah, everyone else complies immediately. Yeah, everybody is, has, is not asking questions, but Arturo is. But like not in a way that makes me respect him at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to wait a little while before we talk more about Arturo, but I have, if you had watched this whole show, I have a lot to say about Arturo. <laughs> I don't think okay. what I want to say about him is necessarily like obvious after these first two episodes, but okay, let's wait a little bit before I talk about more about Arturo. Okay. Yeah. So the phone's going to ring at the front desk and then Berlin immediately just says, asks, where's Monica? He says the last name too. And he keeps yelling, where's Monica? Where's Monica? And then Monica eventually steps forward. But this is like the first glimpse into that, like how prepared the robbers are. Like they know. Who answers the phone? They pretty much probably know every single hostage that was going to be in this building Mm. and how they could use them or how they should deploy them or whatever. Yes. Um, Because he wants Monica to answer the phone because I guess she's the one that normally answers the phone. Uh, let's just talk about this now. Let's talk about the phone call now. Okay. Berlin's going to say to Monica, pick up the phone and act like nothing's wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. The person really wants to talk to, I'm thinking it's Arturo because he's like the manager. Yes. I just kind of assumed that it was his wife. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but like the way she keeps, or the person on the other end, like keeps pushing for like, well, just go get him. Like, where is he? Like, I just assumed it was his wife. But maybe it's not. Arturo's wife does come into play in the show at some point. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think it is. I my guess is that Arturo's wife wouldn't know who Monica is to some degree. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Monica would have treated her like she is. Oh, a very stressful situation. Yeah. Obviously, she can't go get Arturo, so she's basically going to be like, be like, oh, he's not available, and the person's going to like press and press and press, and then eventually she's just going to be like, look, I can't get him right now. Please, like, stop stop and then she like hangs up the phone yeah but overall pretty good job by monica here mm-hmm. yeah 
she's got her shit together as much as you can. <laughs> and then while this is going on, uh, Moscow is at one of the vaults in the yeah. mint. So this is this is a little weird. So they make money. I guess it's not weird, but if you don't, I didn't really thought about it. But they they print money at the mint. But then they also have vaults. I think there's gonna be multiple vaults, at least three. I want to say, okay, where they put money there mm -hmm. uh, in the vaults. But this is just one of the vaults that Moscow is going to be cracking open and they open it up and Denver shows up around the time he's opening it up and uh, they have a little bit of a, like a celebration. <laughs> oh yeah. He like, it's a big square pallet of money. Yeah. He like jumps on it. Like it's a bed and it's just like, can you imagine sleeping on a bed of money like this? <laughs> like he's real excited about just a big pile of money, which I mean, I get it. It's a big pile of money. He talks about like, he's talking with his dad. So this is a little weird, but he's like, doesn't he say something about like, can you imagine like having sex on top of this money or yes, something? Yeah. Yes, he he yeah. does say that to his dad. They have a special kind of relationship. I don't Get know. a little look into Denver's priorities. Yeah. I mean, which I'm not surprised by the way he was described. Yeah. But um, Moscow basically like, is like, get your shit together. Like, like we are nothing. Like, this is only working because we've got a real smart guy telling us exactly what to do. So let's just do it, and then everything will be great. Yeah, Moscow is, like, not book smart, but he is clearly, like, an experienced older man and uh, mm -hmm. knows his place when it comes to these th these heist things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to tell Denver, like, don't be stupid. Don't ruin the plan that's like our job is to do our job and not ruin the plan because we are not smart <laughs> enough to improvise yes so they start piling the money into bags yeah they're gonna get these like big black duffel bags and pile the money in now this money in this vault does this money belong to anybody or is this just money that has been printed and is waiting to be added to circulation yeah i think it's just money that's been printed and waiting to be added to circulation so. okay because, again, this plan, as the professor claimed it to be, is that we're not stealing anybody's money. But I also, like, when I did not remember what the the whole premise of the show was, um, I just took that the way sometimes you'll see heist things where people are like, oh, well, we're robbing the bank, but that doesn't really hurt, like, the people. Like, the bank has insurance, and it's fine. Like, it's not really hurting anybody. I took it to be, like, one of those things, but, like very specifically he actually does mean we're not taking anybody's money yeah and i was wondering about this money in particular because by the end of this episode like they almost intentionally don't steal this money and kind of mm -hmm. like give it back yes to like turn it over to the police but we'll get to that we'll get to that <laughs> we're also gonna see helsinki is like waiting at a toilet <laughs> in the bathroom yes and like the the lid is down and then like it's like something is pushing it up and i was real concerned for a minute i did not know <laughs> what was about to happen <laughs> but then there's uh it's basically just like this giant cable wire is like coming out yes. and this is going to be how i don't know if we know this yet maybe you can kind of tell from how they're like doing the cuts back and forth um but they're going to use this cable to communicate with the professor because the professor is not in the royal mint he is like their yes. outside guy yeah who is gonna be dealing with the situations outside and he's kind of like has the god's view mm -hmm. of the whole situation because he's gonna get this whole setup with he's able to see like all the cameras inside the royal mint and 
we'll get to more of the professor setup but i love i love the professor's role in this and his role in this is like makes it at least in my mind like different than any other like um hostage negotiation kind of movie or tv show in the past yes definitely i agree but yeah so by using this cable they don't have to like use a radio that somebody else can hear or cell phones or whatever you know they just have a direct line that nobody knows about and uh they can be real sneaky uh we get a scene where we see like all the hostage phones are oh, like yeah, they, mounted they on the wall. Supplies for like crafting, basically. Like yeah. they velcroed them all to the wall. They have little labels of the the pin code and the name that goes with each phone. It's they were prepared, which I shouldn't be surprised. Very organized. I'm liking it. Mm-hmm. And then I think in this scene, Rio and Tokyo are kind of going to be alone in the room. So then they they go to a flashback. Yes, because they're looking at each other like. They're making Flirt, eyes. Flirty style, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So surprise, surprise. They've been hooking up for the last five months. <laughs> yeah. And this is like the start of, I, I don't think this occurs too much in the first two episodes, but this show is like a high pressure, intense, life on the line situations kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And there's going to be a good amount of sex that happens in the show. <laughs> Yeah, deal with stress somehow, I guess. Now, this is before the heist, and they're just kind of studying in this this country house for mm-hmm. five months. So I understand this, but there are going to be points where, like, they're in the middle of the heist, and, you know, the police could decide to storm the mint at any time. <laughs> And they might just be in the middle of having sex when that happens. Or do they know that the police won't storm at that given time because of psychology? They do, but (laughs) you're never 100% sure. That is true. Like this heist is supposed to be like, what, 12 days, something like that. I think you can wait 12 days. (laughs) But Five months is long, but. (laughs) There's also a lot of downtime. I'm just saying. There's downtime where your life (laughs) is still on the line, though, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It is not the responsible way to heist things, yes. <laughs> now, the five months in the house, Rio and Tokyo hooking up, this, I believe, I wanted to, because th- do you watch the show Big Brother? I do not. You do not. But you're aware. I am aware. Yeah, so it's, in, in the show Big Brother, it's like a group of 16 people start in a house, and they, like, vote each other out or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. only, like, three months long. But the temperature remains constant, so they don't have to wear parkas. Got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. But without fail in that show every season, like people become like, like they think they think like they're they found their soulmate. Oh, <laughs> like it's like, like insane. Like really, or are they like playing it up? No, for the camera? no. They, oh. I mean, like there might be some level of like realisticness to it, but I mean, they get into like really serious relationships with each other. That you know, once they're out of the house for like a month or less they realize <laughs> oh wait the outside world is much different yes there, there's a thing about confined spaces that make people a little make different decisions about those sorts of things and even within like you know two three weeks like these like showmances as they call them become like <laughs> established <laughs> yeah and it's like it's pretty crazy to me how fast it happens but uh i guess when there's nothing to do <laughs> yeah and there's not as many options as normal yeah, things which I happen. I think is exactly the case of during this heist. So it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like you put eight people in 
a house together, like the odds of any of them being like lifelong partners with each other, <laughs> it's so low. Mm-hmm. And you would think it wouldn't happen all the time, but yet this is where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're going to find out like the night before the heist or maybe like the two days before the heist. Yeah, I think it's the night before. The night before the heist. <laughs> Enough has happened over the five months between Rio and Tokyo that Rio is essentially proposing to Tokyo. <laughs> yes. I think we also find out that she's like 12 years older than him. 12? So like, yeah. Oh, Get really? It, girl. <laughs> Tokyo's like, like 34, you think? Oh, wow. Yeah. But so like part of it is just like he is really young and dumb. But I think that's most of it. He's just really young and dumb and maybe hasn't had this intense of a relationship before or whatever that he's just like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. What's also crazy about this is that Tokyo's supposed love of her life was just killed like in the last six months. Yes. Yes. Now, she is not going to accept the marriage proposal, so she's not on the same um, intensity level of the relationship as Ryo is. But she does care about him. Yeah. And she didn't have a problem, like, hooking up with him for five months right after. (laughs) I think they even say that, like, they made it four days before they started hooking up. Four days? Oh, yeah. That's really (laughs) fast, but I guess, yeah. (laughs) But it may also be a coping mechanism. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Are you, do you think the um, the Rio Tokyo uh, relationship in the first two episodes is intriguing? Do you like it? It's intriguing, but I don't think it's like a long lasting, like, yes, they found love situation. I just think they've been thrown into a situation together and they feel some things. But are, now, you, are, you, are but... you here for it in the show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. All right. All right. Not my favorite part of the story, but <laughs> uh, I guess it's, I guess it's interesting. I mean, it does make things interesting at the end of this episode like there are nice parallels that like make things make sense yeah oh the comparison i want to make for like the sex that happens in the show maybe Mm -hmm. it's it's, maybe it's not the best not as realistic comparison but if i was to hyperbolize it a little bit okay it'd be like in the movie taken when Uh liam neeson is like (laughs) trying to hunt down her his daughter so he can save her life Uh just you know just okay. stops and has sex with people along the way just for fun <laughs> like that uh, that would be a little bit of a weird movie wouldn't it <laughs> I, that would be super weird yeah but i think that there is a slight <laughs> difference in that they are trying to they're not racing against the clock they're like trying to just wait out the clock to yeah extent. they have downtime so they have extra time the plan is to have downtime but it's like a high pressure situation all the time i don't know i don't know you'll have to watch i don't think there's a ton of inappropriate sex in the first <laughs> two episodes but if you watch more of it you'll have to let me know what you think okay we'll do um but then when we get back from the month uh from the flashback um i think berlin walks in the room and he's like get ready get ready to go out we're about to trip the alarm and it's like oh they're gonna trip the alarm. That's a that's interesting. So they they get their shit together. They they're gonna go back down to the main lobby where all the hostages are. And the Ber- Berlin is like telling the hostages what to do again. And they they walk up to like the front entrance of the the mint and they open the doors. But and then like big metal like emergency yeah. doors almost. So they basically have control over the the metal detector area and then there's like mm-hmm. buttons that open the doors that like the security guards would use and they're yeah. u- they're going to use these buttons throughout the, sh- the show um but so they open the doors but then they just stand there 
with the duffel bags in their hands and they're just like waiting. Mm-hmm. And while this is going on, Arturo, what a dumbass, the main hostage so far, <laughs> he's he's decided he's going to uh, pull up his mask and peek to see what's going on. Yep. Everybody's favorite goon Berlin sees him <laughs> and basically tells him he's going to die. He's like, you ever watch a horror movie and you see this one person in the beginning and they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to die. You're that guy. <laughs> It's just like, oh, no. He doesn't actually do anything to him, uh, but it's definitely like a very uh, sadistic kind of like threat, I guess. That, you know, but he's doing it. It's kind of um, theatrical because he's Mm -hmm. doing it in front of all the hostages. Yes. So it's kind of like a message to all the hostages. Like, this is what happens if you don't do what I say, which is so far just a threat, but it sounds like a very serious threat. Yes. Um, So, Sarah, I want to ask you. If you were uh-huh. a hostage in this situation, mm-hmm. what what would you be doing? Exactly what I was told to do. Exactly. Okay. Okay. We're on the same page here. <laughs> like that's how you survive these things. Yeah, I mean that's what I would do. Arturo is frustrating in this show, and he only gets more and more frustrating <laughs> to the point where, as terrible as some of these people are going to be like Berlin. Mm-hmm. I think I might hate Arturo the most yeah. out of any character hey. in the show when it's all said and done. Like this guy just bothers me. I'm almost looking forward to how awful he gets. There. Yeah. <laughs> and Berlin, he's terrible and he's like a psychopath, mm-hmm. but they do do some explaining around why Berlin is a psychopath or they try to justify it. Ah, tragic backstory. When okay. they get to his backstory. Okay. But with Arturo, the way I remember it, it's just kind of like, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like he's just like a tool sometimes to create additional drama. Mm. So I don't really appreciate the Arturo character. <laughs> and I just hate that guy so much. Even it's though fair. technically he's like a victim in the situation. I just really don't like this guy. Well, all that we've seen of him outside of him being a victim is him being a a dick, basically. Yeah. Like, cheating on his wife, like, dismissing his mistress who's pregnant and just being like, whatever, like, what a great guy all around. Yeah, yeah. But the things that he's going to, the decisions he's going to make as a hostage in this situation are just like, there's like, no way, like, dude, (laughs) come on. Uh, he, he's basically gonna he's going to be the hostage that convinces himself that like they're like oh they're they're gonna do what they're gonna do and they're gonna kill us all so he's like he thinks like Uh-oh. uh like we might as well put ourselves in life-threatening situations because we're gonna die anyway but like he's the only person that comes to this conclusion yeah i don't know it's frustrating <laughs> all right so they're standing yeah. just just standing there and they're doing like a countdown the professor is radioing to berlin he's like two minutes and then one minute and then 30 seconds and then we actually get a flashback of the professor explaining what they're doing right here. Yes. They're supposed to look like they're leaving with the money right as the cops show up. And then, oh no, the cops are scary. Let's go back inside and just shoot at the ground and not at any of the cops. Because again, not trying to hurt anybody. Um, and then just make it look like they got trapped inside the mint. Yes. So they, they took the money out of this this vault, but... They never intended to steal this money. At least I don't yes. think so. It might end up being bonus money, but like it's not the main goal. 
Yeah, that I'm not sure like what this money in particular was meant for, but um, uh, but yeah, so that's why they're waiting. the 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 professor can like hear the cop radios, so he, the cops are like giving updates on the radio, like we'll be there in two minutes. And then professor is telling Berlin, "Oh, they'll be in here two minutes." But instead of using that information to hurry up and get away, they're literally waiting for the cops to show up, and then they're gonna go outside. Yes. But then uh, the cop gets the cops get there, and Tokyo kind of like jumps the gun. I guess it wasn't obvious right away that she was doing anything wrong, but uh, Rio in particular is going to have a reaction like, "Wait, don't go out yet," or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she goes like, "I don't know if she was trying to sell the situation or what she was doing, but she goes like pretty far down the steps outside, yeah, where like there is no cover for mm-hmm. if the cops just like start shooting at her, and." I don't know if she didn't expect this to happen, but yeah, the cops start shooting at her. Yeah, I think in her voiceover, she's just like, yeah, it's one thing to be told all this, like, at the house, like, over the five months. But what he didn't tell us is that they were going to shoot back. And it's like, well, yeah, they're going to shoot back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did you really have to be told that they were going to shoot? <laughs> yeah, she, so she, she strays too far, and Rio realizes this, so he's going to run out. And then Rio's actually going to get shot. Yes. And she sees him fall after getting shot and immediately flashes back to her love of her life, gender and name unknown, getting shot when they had their last heist. And that causes her to just go ham and actually shoot some cops. Yeah, she did not learn from that experience and is going to do exactly the same thing again. Yes, her you shot someone I care about, I'm going to shoot you instinct remains. So she stops shooting the ground and then starts actually shooting at the cops who are, they're like trying to hide behind their police cars, but um, she's going to get a couple of hits in yep. on these cops. So immediately, you know, hour into the heist. <laughs> We've deviated from the plan. They've already broken the rules. Yes. Uh, but they're able to grab Rio somehow. And drag them back in, but they drop the duffel bags and the bags of money are left outside. Yep. And then they like close up the doors again. Which I think, I think they would have left the money outside regardless. Because I think it's part of the, the con. I think it of is making part of the, yeah. That they messed up. Yeah. But yeah, end of episode one. Well, not quite. We do see that like Rio's okay. Oh, yeah. Like he got grazed. Did, did he get shot in the ear or something? Yeah. Like, like his ear got hit and... I think it scared him a lot, and that's why he fell down. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, end of episode one. We could have stopped here, but I didn't want to. I wanted to go to the second episode. But what what, what, what are you thinking so far at the end of episode one, Sarah? Uh, so far, I'm liking it. Yeah, okay. I like the pacing. I like the, the logical explanations of every step of the heist. Um, I'm settling in for, uh, yeah, there's some people that I'm probably going to enjoy hating. That's oh, yeah. going to be fun. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All around, I'm, I'm in at this point. Just the beginning on the list of people you're going to be hating in this show. <laughs> it is a fine line between just like, oh, this is terrible, and oh, this is a fun person to hate, but we'll see if it, it maintains. Yeah. Whoever directed this show just did a phenomenal job with it, in my mm. opinion. Like, just even just how they do certain shots in the show, I just yeah. think it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I wanted to do two episodes of this because we do not get introduced to the main police officer negotiator woman. Yes. Who is going to be another big character in the show. She's not in episode one. Mm-hmm. So are you good with ep- going to episode two? 
Yes, <laughs> let's, let's go. do it. Okay. Episode two opens up and it's going to be a mother. Well, I guess we don't know, but it's a mother, a daughter, and a grandmother doing yeah. arts and crafts at home. And the child is sad because her birthday's coming up, but her dad will not be at the birthday party. Yes. And how much of the, maybe we can wait to talk about it, but how much of the dad relationship with the mother here gets talked about in the first I think the only thing is that he's not going to be there because she doesn't want him there is what somebody says like okay the mom doesn't want him there okay I think there's a part of this episode I'll wait till we get to it um yeah later on that describes more their relationship I think it's only an episode or two after this episode that you kind of get the full explanation I might just tell you what that is when we get to it so you can get the idea of this character even more Mm -hmm. But the mother, her name is Raquel. Yes, Raquel. And she gets a call on her phone. And it's going to be, I don't know who it is, but they're basically like calling her to be the police negotiator for the heist that's going on at the Royal Mint. Before this call happened, I thought this was like Tokyo's backstory some more, like when she was a kid or something. Oh, okay. You thought the girl was Tokyo? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But then she wasn't. (laughs) so yeah this is going to be our police negotiator and we cut back to the robbers in the mint and denver is just absolutely yelling at tokyo oh yeah he is giving her the business yeah and i think nairobi is going to get loud too she's upset Mm -hmm. um they're like you already broke the most important rule of the entire heist (laughs) don't hurt anybody Tokyo seems to be like emotionally going through it. Like she's still dealing with the yeah the similarities to her previous circumstance. Yeah. And uh, Rio de- tries to defend her um, and is like, she was just trying to save my life basically because he was the one that was really in danger. And that's when yeah. she snapped. And then Berlin's going to come in and look ominous looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But then he's just going to call the professor on the do we want to call this the toilet phone <laughs> yes the toilet phone i wrote toilet wire in my notes it's not actually like the wire just hooks up to a you know a normal phone yeah um but, I like but toilet it's essentially phone. the toilet phone uh and he's going to tell the professor that two officers were injured and that tokyo fired at them i think he also rats her out for hooking up with Rita. yes now when he did this did, were you a little confused no you weren't like oh why how does he know they're hooking up well, I mean, you, you hook up for like five months and then you go around making those flirty eyes like they did in the last episode. Like somebody's going to notice. Okay. Yeah. Do you, you think he just picked up on it? We're we're yeah. going to learn that basically like his room was just right next to Rio. <laughs> yes. So yeah. he heard them the entire yeah. five months. But he didn't, he didn't tell anybody on the team about it. Yeah. Like the professor was not aware of this situation with Rio at Tokyo. So he was probably over there being a creeper and enjoying it. So that's just what I assume. Tokyo's going to get on the phone with the professor and deny the relationship. Yeah, she's just like, why would I care about this young idiot? Like, what? No, no, no. That's not even a thing. Yeah. And the professor can, like, see them as they're calling him on the phone in the security cameras. Mm-hmm. And the professor is, like, the audience, we can tell that he's upset. But he doesn't actually, like, yell at her or anything. I don't even know if he says anything. So the professor, I like, I like the contrast between, like, Denver in this situation Mm-hmm. and the professor in the situation where the professor is like okay the situation is clearly not what we intended but he just wants to know 
all the facts that he didn't know previously so that he can adjust the plan as needed. Right. Like he knows that screaming at people is not going to get anything done. He just needs to be able to plan the yeah. next step. Whereas Denver is like yelling at her for breaking the rules. And it's like, yeah, you know, she knows she broke the rules, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're not a big sports person, right, this Sarah? This is true. But, Accurate. you know, my experience with being on athletic teams is like, you always have, they they more often than not default to this Denver personality, which is like, uh-huh. like you make an error <laughs> and then it's like they yell at you as if you didn't know that making a mistake was not the right thing to do. <laughs> no, I mean, this is like, this is more realistic situation to yell at somebody <laughs> than in those situations. But I appreciate the professor who's more like the coach, like a good coach in this situation where he's just like, you know what? He doesn't actually say this, but this is how I interpret it. It's like, you know what? It was my fault for putting Tokyo in that situation. Yeah, like, honestly, like, he knows what happened to her before, right? Like, so 100%, he shouldn't have had her on the outside team. Yeah, I don't know how detailed in terms of, like, the emotion that she went through that he knows about. He definitely knows about the robbery. But this is part of the problem with his no personal questions, no personal relationships. I guess so, yeah. Like, you need to know about people's things that are gonna like trigger them to shoot a bunch of cops yeah that's true is important even in a heist gang that's true yeah uh, we didn't talk about it but I, the the no personal questions i think this is actually like supposed to protect them against each other where if like one of them becomes compromised they can't like yeah. rat out the whole crew and that's obviously that's the point of the names but even like right. the personal information is like they're not supposed to know anything about each other yes so that they can't help the police identify each other later but that does have its drawbacks yeah the professor like we gather is like he's very organized and thought thought through this plan but the people that he gets to do this plan (laughs) are not yeah and what we it will get into like the backstories of these people and how they tie in a little bit as far as like why the professor picked them at least for some of them but so far it just seems like a ragtag team of like criminals that have been caught before (laughs) yeah but okay raquel the negotiator is going to arrive at the royal mint and she gets like the rundown from the Mm -hmm. deputy guy that's there we find out that two officers were shot i believe um but they're not going to die they're going to be they're they're going to be okay so that's not the worst case for the plan still not great but yeah it looked like in the scene where the guns were going like they might have got shot in the leg when Tokyo fired at them. I'm not sure. We don't go back they to They did like officers. fall over. So like from her perspective, it it totally could have looked like she straight up murdered them. So Raquel's going to get the rundown and um, she's immediately going to decide. She tells everybody there, there's like a tent set up outside the Royal Mint where a lot of, we're going to get a lot of the cop scenes for the mm-hmm. show. Their base. Yeah. And she's going to tell everybody like everybody in the, in this tent, like turn off your phones. I guess the the tech here is like any call that is made in like a certain radius is immediately going to be like picked up by the tent, the police officer in the tent, so they can listen to like any call that happens in the area. Yeah, so they can't have the cops using the phones and like mucking up the, like adding extra noise. And we're going to get a scene later where like there's a cop outside the tent who makes a call and they like start freaking out. And they're like, oh, listen, listen, listen. And then they find out it's just like one of the other cops. And they're like, oh, like, so we get to see kind of like how this is going to work. Almost mm-hmm. instantly, the cops will be able to hear any phone call that happens. But unfortunately for them, 
the gang has the toilet phone. Yes, yeah. And all the phones that they rounded up are all turned off inside. Yes. Then we're going to get a scene with uh, Berlin and Rio, where Berlin's going to admit that he knew about Tokyo this whole time. And this is another, like, Berlin creepy scene, right? Yeah. (laughs) You want to talk about it? He tells Rio that he's going to try to bang Tokyo. And then he explains some very fucked up views he has on women about why you should never have kids with them. And basically, he's a horrible person. Yeah. And he's gross. (laughs) Don't be like Berlin. It's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. But he's apparently managed to marry and divorce five women. And I feel really bad for all five of those women. (laughs) Yes. Berlin has a good backstory, though, uh, once you get to it. But yeah, he's terrible. Uh, And Rio has a good question here. (laughs) He's like, he's like, Berlin, why did the professor choose you to be in charge? (laughs) And then yeah. all that Berlin says is, my people skills. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a funny answer uh, for such a <laughs> sadistic yeah. guy. Which, I mean, he does have a particular set of a certain kind of people skills. Yeah. Maybe not the ones you'd want anywhere else, but they seem to be useful right now. He is good at like appearing like he's reasonable when he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. But just below the surface is just that mess of horrible opinions and grossness. Yeah. At some point, we're going to get like a uh, like a clinical profiling of Berlin that like kind of explains his personality, where it's like it's mm-hmm. actually like a clinical diagnosed kind of thing. Okay. That he has. Uh, but then we're get, we're going to get another flashback with Rio than Tokyo. This one, I in particular, I found very unnecessary. This seemed like filler to me, but do you have anything oh. from this? It's like another flashback scene where it's like, oh yeah, Rio and Tokyo were hooking up. Yeah, that I mean, literally flashback to Rio and Tokyo hooking up. That's it. This seemed like serious filler to me, but yes, they're like it's been too long since anyone has banged. Let's do a yes. flashback. Yeah, like there wasn't going to be any sex in this episode or something. Yes, they have a bare minimum that must be met. God damn it. <laughs> We're going to go back to the police tent. And uh, Raquel wants to make contact with the robbers. And she's also upset that there's a man that's also in the tent. And this is Colonel Prieto. This guy also sucks. Yes. Uh, in a different He's not Berlin, but. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I mean, there are many ways a person can suck. But this is like a classic kind of like, they kind of have like a jurisdiction kind of argument. Mm-hmm. I think Colonel Prieto is like, above Raquel but he's also part of a different department so you know yeah normal shenanigans mm-hmm. but she's not happy about this guy being here yes but they are going to call the robbers yes and it gets rerouted to the professor yes so this is this I love so like she thinks that she's talking to a robber who is in the mint correct but in reality she's talking to a guy who's not even inside the mint <laughs> bump 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 surprise toilet phone <laughs> Because it's not directly on the toilet phone, but you know what I mean. And um, we don't know where the professor is. That's a a mystery to the Mm -hmm. audience as well. That is true. But the professor is going to be using a voice changer. So his voice is all like metallic-y. Yes. So that they can't identify him by that way. I didn't notice it at first because I was so focused on reading the subtitles that I didn't notice until he apologized for it. (laughs) That's true, yeah. But the conversation that Raquel and the professor are going to have is actually like very pleasant. Mm-hmm. and uh civilized i mean except for the part where he's like what are you wearing and i'm like why is this in here they even had a scene earlier i think but maybe before he answered the phone 
Oh yeah, where he was practicing how he was gonna say, "What are you wearing?" Yeah, what did you think about that, Sarah? Well, I was like, "This is a weird thing for a man to be saying over and over again by himself <laughs> in a room." Sure, it'll come up later, and then it did. But yeah, that it gave me bad vibes at the time because I'm like, "That's mm, that's not a great unless you know somebody real well. It's not it's not a good opener." Yeah, I I I guess it kind of made sense why he asked her what she's wearing, but. I don't think it actually mattered. Well, he's trying to, like, get her a little off kilter and, like, put himself in a, like, more domineering position, I guess. Like, he's asserting his own, like, power in the situation. It's, it's weird, but I, it's not as bad as Berlin shit, so okay. Yeah, it's supposed to kind of disarm her a little bit, I think, more than anything. And mm. it kind of, when we get to the end of this episode... I guess you could argue that it was for the end of the episode a little bit, but I don't think it actually does matter. I think it's more of just a psychological game that he's playing by asking her what she's wearing. I did like that he actually managed to get all the other people listening in to introduce themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Professor's got got nothing but time. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, yeah, who else is listening in? What's going on over there? And then, like... They actually like she points to people and's like yeah go introduce yourself which is like I don't know it's such a weird I would not have I would have been like don't fucking worry about it you don't need to talk to these people you're talking to me <laughs> yeah it, it it made sense for the flow of their conversation I forget like what exactly they said but it it didn't seem so out of out of nowhere when he said it mm-hmm. um so I think he gets introduced to Colonel Preto the deputy guy that we saw and then a couple other random people. That I don't yeah. know. I don't even know why they introduced. I feel like he. I feel like he might have like actually heard everybody's name in the tent, but they were like, okay, for the sake of the show, we're not going to show everybody. <laughs> but yeah, so they they oblige him on that and they introduce everybody, and then she's also going to answer honestly about what she's wearing. Yes. And then the professor is actually going to say to Raquel because she's going to ask him what he wants, and he's going to say what he wants is time, which is like a very honest answer. <laughs> Yeah, I did. It's a little weird. I thought there would have been some sort of cover story, you know? Yeah. And do they get into it in this conversation about, like, at some point he's going to, like, maybe this isn't even in this episode, but at some point he's going to, like, request, like, a a very specific ship to be, like, set up. Oh, okay. Okay. So he he does make requests at some point that aren't just these intangibles, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Because that's going to contribute to the delaying and the time that he's trying to get yeah. um but yeah for some reason he does <laughs> he actually just like says the word that he's trying to get time here <laughs> that was a little weird but raquel's gonna request that he release the students because they're all minors and the professor's like i'll think about it and then he, he like hangs up the phone <laughs> yep so he's just like i don't know if he's actually gonna think about it but he's just like oh they gave me a reason to hang up the phone and wait for longer <laughs> so i'll take it yep just wasting time here uh, and I think we find out there's 60 hostages. Was that the number? That sounds about right. Yeah. Between all the workers and students and guards and whatnot. Uh, yeah. About 60 people. And Raquel's actually going to say, because I think, I don't know if it's Pietro or the deputy guy, but he they're going to like, wow, what a lunatic or something when they get off the phone. And Raquel's actually going to kind of defend him and be like, oh, he's not crazy. <laughs> he seems oh, yeah. reasonable. Well, not just that, like he's, very like measured in his response like he's speaking with purpose he's not just out of his mind yeah and this kind of sets up like Raquel very much like doesn't want to use force 
but this Colonel mm-hmm. Pietro is like really wants to use force immediately. Yes. And they're probably like predisposed to want to do these two strategies. Mm-hmm. So like Colonel Pietro is like already like even though he heard the conversation with the professor, like he is almost like just viewed it as like, oh, what a lunatic guy. Yeah, obviously we can't talk to him. Gotta use force. I guess yeah. like acting what are, what what are you wearing was a little like weird, but other than that, it was yeah. just like a guy talking, two people talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Colonel Pietro is gonna insist that they use force, but Raquel does not want to do that. And then I think this is the only view we get into Raquel's situation with her ex-husband. Yes, and this is why I say that this colonel is a dick. Because like he brings up um that she has a domestic violence charge filed against her ex-husband. And he's like throwing that in her face when he's trying to argue about why they like she won't get her way with with the scene. And it's it's a dick move. You just don't do that to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's no good. Can I give you like the full backstory sure. of Raquel? I think it only Go takes a few it. episodes. So because it, it's actually like way more fucked up <laughs> than you would oh, think it so would be. Then it's even worse that this dipshit guy brings it well, up. Well, he doesn't okay. know all these. So actually, well, it actually kind of contributes to why this guy might think the way he does. Okay. But basically, so Raquel's relationship with his ex-husband was kind of like the cliche domestic mm-hmm. abuse kind of thing where at first he's just like kind of bossing her around or like telling her what to wear and stuff. And then, oh yeah. But then it eventually progresses. Yeah, it progresses okay. and then it, it becomes violent. And then she divorces him. But he, the ex-husband, actually works within the police department. Ah, uh, yeah. So he, she doesn't press charges. And I think oh. we, later we're going to find out that he's, I think he's like the lead forensics guy. Okay. Um, so he's going to come into play later. Oh. But, so she actually didn't press charges because, like, she didn't want to make things weird at work. And she was just satisfied to, like, get out of the relationship. Is it that she doesn't want to make things weird at work or that she's sure that, like, she won't get anywhere because, like, cops be helping cops and bullshit like that? Maybe. I forget the exact wording she used when she explains it. Okay. But then on top of that, what happens is, like, it might only be, like, a month later after they divorce that the ex-husband starts going out with her sister. Oh. And because he's going out with her sister is when Raquel decides in order to, like, because she's worried about her sister. sister, she decides to go ahead and make the charges, which are actually like a month late now. Mm. But then everybody thinks she's just like trying to get revenge for him go- getting with her sister. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's like a jealousy thing. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Not a good situation. So it that's, but that gives you a little bit as to like. Why he's so ready to throw that in her face. Yeah. Yeah. I will continue to not like this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no reason to like this guy, but it at least share, shows like, okay, this is why Raquel is not getting much support from the police mm-hmm. department because it's like everybody else in the police department also knows the ex-husband and there's this yeah. okay. relationship complication behind it. That makes sense. But okay, cut back into the mint. And we're going to get like a, a little bit of a weird scene with uh, Rio has like taken allison parker to like a private room for her to change he's been put in charge of her i think earlier um when berlin was being creepy at him you also like tasked him with taking charge of this teenager who recently got a boyfriend and i hope does not have a boyfriend anymore oh berlin actually told him to do this okay because also a little bit of a weird part where like before he turns off 
Allison Parker's phone in the one room with the phones. Uh, does he see the picture? He doesn't see the 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 naked picture, but I think he just sees like the background picture of her. And uh, he has like a little bit of like a look in his face. I don't know. It was weird. They are probably in closer in age range than uh, other people in the because she's what like seventeen probably, and he's like twenty two. It's not okay, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little bit of does it happen in this episode where like Tokyo kind of like sees him, <laughs> like looking at this girl. Mm. Does that happen in this first two episodes? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. This Rio and Allison Parker thing is weird <laughs> to me. <laughs> it, it it should be. Yeah, there's some weird scenes with these two. But he does turn around when she has to change into her red jumpsuit. So basic human decency. Yeah. And then he sees her in a mirror while she's changing and Less like walks away. Human. No, oh, no, like right. he, he didn't intentionally mean for there to meet like a mirror perfectly lined up <laughs> when he turned mm-hmm. around. But then when he saw it, he like moved away. Yeah. So Rio seems like not as committed as everybody else to being a terrible person. <laughs> and we we get his backstory later to explain that. Uh, but yeah, we, and then we get a, a fun little scene, I guess, here, where they actually flash back to the house again, the uh, the country house. Mm-hmm. And all of them are going to be, like, eating lunch together and just, like, talking talking about, like, uh, what, what are you going to do with the money and stuff like that? Yes. There's a lot of, I'm going to buy an island or I'm going to buy a plane gotta pay off a lot of debt yeah i get not a super important scene i guess it just kind of showed that there was like socialization between as a group yeah they do and seem to be seem to be like enjoying their time together yeah a little bit of like team building i guess but not that these people are going to be a great team because of it i don't know i don't know (laughs) what the point of the scene was actually well i think part of it is also the professor then like at the end is like you're gonna do all those things and you're still gonna have money left like he's bragging the whole time about how this is gonna be so much money yeah some people are like deciding what they want to do with the money but like professors like you haven't even like spent any of the money but you could do that you could mm-hmm. do whatever you're wishing for and not and still have so much money left like you need to dream bigger <laughs> what's your big dream you do a giant heist what, what are you gonna spend your money on Oh, I thought about that question, or I thought about yeah. asking you that question. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I don't have anything like like that where I would spend a bunch of money on something. Two words: puzzle house. Puzzle house. Okay. I would get an architect to design me a house where I have to solve a series of puzzles to unlock all the different cool rooms, and it's not like a giant escape room because I want to open up more things inside, but just like. I want my house to be a weird puzzle I must solve. Is it like uh, like really hard puzzles that you'd have to solve over the course of your life? Yes. Or, I mean, it could just be a series of puzzle houses. Like, oh, I solved this one. Make me a harder one. <laughs> but like to open up secret passageways between places or, ooh, here's a room I never knew I had or, you know, just cool stuff. Would you monetize the houses after you solve them and let other people try to do them? <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, I guess I would need some sort of make, I, I should be able to reset the house and then be like, okay, I guess other people can find this <laughs> puzzle house or whatever. Or it could just be a, like. Yeah, it's an escape room house. Yeah. Well, I yeah, guess yeah. It, if they were a... hard enough, if it was too hard, you wouldn't be able to do it in like a couple hours per team or whatever. Well, it could or be like different. a puzzle B&B or a puzzle Airbnb. There we go. Put it on Airbnb. 
spend a week in the puzzle house, see how far you can get. Okay. Please don't die in my puzzle house. (laughs) Sounds super creepy, honestly, but... (laughs) Yeah, you'd think I wouldn't like this, given that I have a deep down fear of anywhere I live that there's somebody secretly living in my attic or my house somewhere. (laughs) Like, this would feed into that fear, but... I think the coolness would would overwhelm that. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty ambitious. <laughs> but I have no intention of joining a heist, so the puzzle house will remain just a dream. Hmm. I I literally have like nothing <laughs> just to say. I don't know if I would do anything really different in my life. I don't know. Maybe get a fancier house, but not yeah. not a puzzle house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's not most people's go-to. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, back to the mint. And yeah. um, Berlin is actually going to let all the hostages take their masks off. Yeah, and all the, the gang has their masks off, so we're like, okay with seeing each other now. Yeah, and now this actually, I don't know how much they talk about this, but like, once they do this, it really compromises the like, like, like hostage negotiations a little bit, where like, to me... The professor is going to get into like hostage negotiations, but to me, it's like he's never going to let any of these hostages go because right. they've all seen their faces now. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed like okay, he could negotiate and waste time with hostages, but now I feel like he can't because they've done this. Yeah. Uh, but what what they're going to do is they're going to make all the hostages change into what the robbers are wearing. Yeah, so everybody's wearing matching red jumpsuits like they're in a big old cult. Yes, and they all have dolly masks as well. Yeah. And then there's going to be a, a an interaction between Denver and Arturo, where mm-hmm. Denver is going to basically hand Arturo a gun and then... Tell him to shoot him. Psych him out and be like, be like, oh, you don't have the guts to shoot me, even if I give you a gun. Yeah. And then they get into like a like a standoff. Where he draws a gun on Arturo. And then he, like, does a countdown to, like, threaten Arturo that, like, oh, he's going to shoot him if Denver's going to shoot Arturo if uh, he doesn't shoot first. And, then, like, right at the end of the countdown, Arturo actually, like, pulls the trigger on Denver. But the gun that gave that Denver gave to Arturo was a fake gun. Yep. <laughs> so this was another, like, I don't know of how much this was planned, you know, to do this exact interaction. But mm. he did this in front of all the hostages to just kind of... Again, like it's like a theatrical demonstration to show the hostages that they're all about to get guns, but they're going to be fake. Yes. But I didn't mind it so much because it was Arturo. <laughs> yep. Arturo has singled himself out as the person for them to be terrible to. So, yeah. That's what happened. Kind of messed up, actually. But yeah. <laughs> Arturo is like, I get, I, I get the argument for Arturo is like the way that they have treated him does kind of give him reason to believe that he is going to be killed no matter what i guess is the idea that is true um but for whatever reason his actions still bother me (laughs) later (laughs) um so yeah now all the hostages look like the robbers even and they even have guns fake guns so they look identical and then we cut back outside and all the like a bunch of like additional police forces are like showing up at the mitt and raquel did not order them there so she's like what's going on colonel has done it behind her back yeah but then, so she's going to confront Pietro, and then Pietro's going to explain that there's actually a high-priority person who's one of the hostages in the Mint, which Raquel was not aware of. Yes. And they have to get her out soon, because if they don't, like, they have not gone public with this information about this this hostage situation. 
And if she is still in there, like it's going to like break by morning or whatever. So that's part of their concern. Yeah. Basically, Pietro doesn't want the situation to turn into like an international crisis. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right now it's just kind of like a Spanish story or a, a story confined to Spain news. But he so he doesn't want it to go global because the high priority person in the mint is Allison Parker. The little dun, lamb. Dun, dun. The teenager who got a boyfriend and hopefully no longer has a boyfriend. Yeah. So they actually flash back again to the professor in the classroom with everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going to explain again. They're explaining the plan, why why everything's been going on the way it has. Yep. Uh, and he pulls out a picture of Allison Parker and refers to her as the little lamb in his explanation. And he reveals that Allison Parker is actually the daughter of the UK ambassador. Yeah. Ooh, so that does make it like they live in Spain. They're not on a field trip from Britain then. Yeah. And the professor even explains that, like, the police are going to think that we don't know who Allison Parker is. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they're going to try to enter the Mint on the first night, the police are, while it's still dark out. And basically, the professor is going to go on to, like, basically predict exactly what the police are going to do. throughout this episode what the professor wants to happen is he knows that their best chance of winning a battle is if the police like jump the gun too quickly i guess is the idea so he actually he wanted alice and parker to be in the mint when they did this so that they would try to enter the mint prematurely and even after all this explanation from pietro raquel does not like this plan Um, and she's kind of feeling like undermined by the whole situation which is an accurate way to feel, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, you know, Pietro is doing, like, anything terrible in terms of, like, his duty or whatever at this point. But we're getting the story mostly from Raquel's perspective, so we're we're supposed to sympathize with her. Yeah, but also, like, if you have somebody who is the negotiator for this situation, they should probably know what's going on and not be surprised when suddenly there's a bunch of bros that have shown up. yeah. I don't know why she wouldn't be allowed to know about Allison Parker. The idea is that Pietro is some sort of like intelligence agency. So he has like mm. higher secret intelligence permissions than Clearance Raquel level. does. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they're pre- they're preparing for uh, to enter the Mint. We go back in though and uh, Arturo is like arguing with Monica. <laughs> they're supposed to be like sitting quietly on the ground. <laughs> but Arturo's yeah. like, like <laughs> he's he's having an argument with Monica about... Uh, I think it's the pregnancy. Probably that was yeah. going yeah, on in here. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I forget what they were arguing about, but like very quickly, this is like the only Nairobi moment, or like the first Nairobi moment we get in the first two episodes. She just like looks at them talking and then sits down next to Monica, and it's basically has picked up on the entire situation. <laughs> like she, yep. she basically tells, even though Monica doesn't really want to talk to her, she basically just like says exactly what's going on between Monica <laughs> and Arturo. <laughs> Yep. So Nairobi's Nairobi's pretty smart. Yeah. She doesn't seem like a total lost cause. Yes. I like Nairo- I like Nairobi. She's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Oh, and we find out that Monica is, has decided to abort the baby. Do, do, do. There's a lot of serious issues in this show, Sarah. Yes. Yes, there are. Abortion, domestic violence. There's going to be a lot of love triangles <laughs> in this show. Love triangles aren't always that serious, though. Maybe here they are. Yeah, these are more like dramatic love triangles than they are okay. cutesy love triangles. 
but yeah, police forces are going to start to move in on the mint. And yes. as soon as they're like, all right, we're going in, Professor hears it and he just notifies Berlin. Oh, they're coming in. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I think he's basically like time to ex execute the plan. So they like have a plan for this already. Everything the yes. police do, they have a plan for. And Berlin, they, they imply that uh, Berlin has like been talking to the hostages this whole time and has like been telling them what they're going to have to do in a little bit. And after he gets the call from the professor, he's like, he says to the hostages, okay, it's time. And then uh, I think we get another flashback of the prof professor just like predicting exactly what's about to happen. Because he knows everything. Yeah. He, he even like has thought about all the different access points to the mint mm -hmm. and has factored in all like normal police protocols, basically. He's like very. Yeah. They're going to come in from the roof and from the front and from over here. He could be like a lawyer the professor or something we don't know who he is but he's very like he studied law and police codes and all this stuff yeah and he basically knows that like the entry point that they're going to use is the loading dock like he mm -hmm. explains this and they're what they're about to do and so they the the first team of like cops goes to the loading dock and they just like drill a hole in the door so that they can put a camera in yep a little teeny camera and as soon as they put the camera in and they look in it they just see like a ton of people wearing <laughs> red jumpsuits and dolly masks like way more than there are robbers in the situation yes. so the police are able to realize like okay some of these have to be hostages <laughs> yeah we can't tell who and then also the 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 person in front has like a mounted gun oh yeah it's a big intense gun they call it a mounted browning machine gun is what they call it mm. oh oh also why this is going on they set up a phone call from the Mint to, like, the media, I guess, or, like, directly to, yeah, it's like, like a TV station. like either a radio station. show or a news show or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they put Allison Parker on the phone and had her read a message, basically, like, imploring the police to not come in because of how dangerous the robbers are. And yes. also, it's letting the outside world know that Allison Parker is in the Mint. Yes. So it's basically ruining Pietro's whole idea of not turning this into an international incident. So right. the the professor is using Allison exactly in the way that the cops do not want it to be, <laughs> to, to be yes. used. Yeah. Um, so between this message that's going out to the media that they're hearing on the news as they're like putting the camera in the door and all this, and they see what's behind the door, they just they decide to retreat yep. and not go through with the plan. So. That's night one of the heist. <laughs> Just a little intense. <laughs> the first, like, okay, we can breathe a little bit. <laughs> like, the we've mm -hmm. we deterred the police for the night. They're not going to come in immediately anymore. Yes. They no longer need to be in a rush the way they previously had. Yeah. The police retreat, but Raquel has had enough. And she actually, like, storms off out of the tent as if, you know, she's saying, I... I I'm not doing this situation. I'm not going to be in charge of the situation anymore because yeah. this is like, nobody's listening to me and this is what happens mm -hmm. when, when nobody listens to me kind of thing. Totally justified. Yes. Yes. And now we cut back in and this is where the heist can really begin, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> Nairobi is very happy. She is so, <laughs> she has a big smile on her face. Yep. And she's walking through all the hostages and she starts calling out people list of names who i guess and i guess these list of names are like people who actually work on 
printing the money in the mint. Yes. They're qualified workers. Mm-hmm. And she's ra- she basically going to round them all up and they're going to start printing money. <laughs> yep. And she's like, 24-7, we're just going to keep printing. Like every three hours we readjust for, you know, any issues, but you just keep printing. And she's so happy. She's like, it sounds like I'm in the club. She's like... <laughs> She's like yeah, dancing. She's, great time. she's dancing to like <laughs> the sound of money being printed. <laughs> and this is when this is when it kind of okay, this makes sense. They're not they're not stealing from anybody. They're making their right? own money. They're printing their own money. Yeah. Which to me, they they get into like a deeper conversation at some point about like how the the efficacy of this. Mm-hmm. And professor mentions like, oh, like and this year, like the Spanish government printed, you know, mil- this amount of millions of euros and overnight paid for a bunch of things, basically. And, you know, is, and he's he basically is saying, like, what's how is that any different than what we're doing? You know, kind of thing. You got to figure you print that much money and put it back into circulation, like by spending it on stuff. And like, that's that's got to affect inflation somehow. Right. Like, I guess values everybody else's money. So essentially. They're fucking over everybody <laughs> instead of no one. I guess, like, maybe? I don't know. Since it's only going to, like, a handful of people, and I don't know, like, are they going to be making, like, crazy purchases that are going to yeah. deeply impact the <laughs> economy? I don't know. I, I feel like there's some, yeah. like, actual legitimacy to what, what the professor's saying, where he, he talks about, like, we call this money, but it's really just paper. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so it, it's yeah, it's a bit of an interesting uh thought to mm-hmm. think about when they when it comes up in the show i do not have an economics degree so i cannot give a concrete opinion yeah. on how this will affect things yeah i mean it's definitely illegal oh well yes, <laughs> yes. not fair but in terms of like um a victimless crime he, he's gonna make an argument of why you know because remember he talked about like the goal is to get the public on our side mm-hmm. and he's going to have a couple of tricks up his sleeve to like make that happen along the way. Kind of throwing money at the people. Yeah. But the idea that like <laughs> nobody to the public, like stealing money, printing money in the mint, isn't actually taking money out of anybody's wallets directly. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason for the public to be like up in arms about it. You know, yeah. if, no, if nobody's getting hurt really. So yeah, we're printing money. Nairobi yeah. is happy. Um, but we have one more scene before the end of this episode. Yes. Because Raquel, since she stormed out of the tent, she's going to go to the diner. And she wants to make some phone calls. But her phone is dead. And she asks, like, the diner guy, oh, do you have a phone? Or a phone charger? Or a charger. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I don't. And then in the background, behind Raquel's shoulder, you see a man turn around in his chair. And it's the professor. And it comes into focus, and it's the professor. Sitting right next to Raquel. And he lets her use his phone. Yes. Calls. <laughs> this was the one scene where I'm like, okay, everything up to this point, like he studied things and he's making logical predictions on stuff. There is no reason for him to assume she's going to end up in this diner at this time and need a phone. Like this is a little too professor magically knows everything. I don't think the phone thing. Like, he didn't need the phone to, like, introduce himself to her or whatever. 
So he's not getting information based on her using his phone. He's just trying to introduce himself to her. Is that what's happening here? There are shenanigans that happen because Raquel uses his phone, but I don't think Mm -hmm. it was like part of the plan necessarily. It was just like a, a thing that happened. It just still seems a little sus that he's already there when she gets there. And I don't know how he magically knows this. Basically, we get like this dramatic, dramatic music of him like turning around and we get to see that the professor is with Raquel. And then that's Mm -hmm. the end of episode two. Great cliffhanger. Now, at the beginning of the next episode, what I would say is what happens is like the way he kind of brings up talking about the heist with her is that he just sees her on TV, like in the diner. And it's like, oh, that's you, you know, so like he could have come up with whatever reason to talk to her. The phone thing wasn't important. But the fact that he knew where she was but and was already there. I think this diner is a popular spot for her to go. Okay. So he knows that. Now, did he know she was going to be there exactly at that time? Maybe not. He might just go to the diner periodically and hope that she comes because she he knows eventually. But, you know, I'm sure he's resourceful enough to figure out some way to bump into her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At some point. But the, this is how the show shows the show it. Um. Oh, the way when he when he asked her what she's wearing, you could say that he asked her what she's wearing so that like he could pick her out <laughs> in the diner, I guess. But if he knew about enough about her, what she does, you know that she'll be at this diner. He should not need that. Yeah, I I think he has already profiled her and knows what she looks like. So I don't think the asking her what she's wearing was meaningful to this scene. It was just a weird power play. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's the end of episode two, Sarah. Do you like you like that cliffhanger? I thought th- I thought that was a better cliffhanger to end the recap on than episode one. Well, it just bothered me because it seemed a little too like, okay, now he knows too many things that he magically found the place where she was going to be. But I didn't get hung up on that. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I, I think it was realistic that he could run into her if he wanted to. But this this is a big the interaction between the professor and Raquel going forward in the show is like the big twist i would say on the usual version of Ah, robbers and bank robbers so this like them meeting each other outside of the the mint and outside of work essentially Mm -hmm. (laughs) is going to be like a big intrigue in the show okay interesting so this isn't just like a one interaction this is they're gonna meet at this diner several times and run into (laughs) each other okay so yeah i thought it was i I remember this being like a big like oh snap moment when this <laughs> when he was at the diner and I was I don't know how in I was but after this I was like oh my god I I have to watch next, next episode. But yeah, I am I am in on the show. I I really enjoy it. All right. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> is this the first time? <laughs> is it the first time? I think it is. I mean, unless you want to count Miss Marvel, but I I kind of brought that to the podcast, but it was more of like a timing thing with the show being released. Yeah. But this is only like the yeah. third time where we've taken a, a not current show. Yeah. And one of us brought it to the table. The other one watched it first time. And actually, no, I, I, I watched the American version of the go, of the show that you, <laughs> you suggested, but I did not continue watching the actual show mm-hmm. that you had yeah. me watch. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the first time. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, so you're in. I like it. Yeah, I'm in. I mean, I I don't know the speed with which I will consume it because 
there is always a barrier of entry of okay i'm watching this with subtitles i must focus and pay attention so like can't watch it while i'm doing something else so that those kind of shows do take longer for me to get through but i will be continuing with this at a certain pace <laughs> i got into this show when they were releasing season five so okay. i think the whole show was out they they released season five in like two part two five episode volumes um so i forget if i I might have had to wait for the last five episodes like a week i forget how long but i i did blast through the show pretty quickly <laughs> i got hooked on it <laughs> and you said what the first two seasons or three seasons are one thing and then the other three or two are a different thing yeah so it, it makes sense with after i read up on how netflix kind of went about getting this show mm-hmm. so wherever it originally aired it was the first two seasons and it does kind of have a a conclusion i would say to okay. the heist after the first two seasons but netflix greenlit additional seasons and they bring back like most of the characters and there's essentially like another heist <laughs> that <laughs> okay. needs to get done <laughs> And they tie it together. It's not like totally independent. Mm. It's a very, they make it very flowing. Like there's a reason they have to do another heist and whatnot. Not just because they either fail to get as much money as they needed or spent all their money right away. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil okay. how the first heist ends. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you could watch like the first two seasons of the show and kind of have a conclusion. But yeah, you good on Money Heist? Would you highly recommend yeah. to people? Yeah. Okay. I mean, only saw two episodes, but but yeah, so far, real good. Intriguing. I'm excited to see how all the weird relationships develop, you know? I think it only gets better. Like, everything here is just the tip of the iceberg on everything. So, mm. it is a little, like, um, soap opera-y, I guess, sometimes with, like, kind of the, like, ridiculous of, like, how all these relationships, these people are, like, intertwined. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess I say that only because... Like, there are love triangles, but they're, like, dramatic love triangles instead of fun <laughs> love triangles. So okay, that's how I don't really watch soap operas, but that's how I imagine mm. soap operas to be, where it's, like, sure. out of nowhere, it's, like, oh, these two people, or, like, this person has had feelings for this person the whole time. <laughs> like, something like that. Uh, when I think of soap operas, I think of, like, oh, suddenly someone's evil twin has come back, or this person was in a coma, and, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, the really extreme... Stuff. But even just like, you know, Raquel's being in a domestic abuse situation, but then her ex-husband hooks up with her sister is like, it's a little mm -hmm. soap opera to me. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of ridiculous, all the weird situations and relationships that occur within <laughs> this show alone, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's fun. Nice. I'm looking forward to the rest of this. Okay. What have you chosen for our next episode, Sarah? It's your time. Second show. Oh my gosh. Well, given what I know about who our audience is right now, there is a certain segment that I think will really enjoy this particular show if they haven't already seen it. And it's called Gallivant. Gallivant. It is a like medieval times musical comedy. Yeah, that's fun. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a different pace. Oh yeah, than what we yeah, just watched. <laughs> it is a an abrupt change from Money Heist. Yes. Uh, where are we watching this? Uh, I believe it is on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, there are two seasons. I think probably two episodes will do. Yeah. So get ready for for a musical. All right, I'm intrigued. 
Is this like a constant musical? No. There are musical numbers okay, gotcha. occasionally. It is a fun time. I had found it after it had finished its whole airing, and I was sad there was not more. It was It's a good show. Gotcha. Looks like two seasons. Season one is eight episodes. Season two is ten episodes. So pretty quick. Yeah. Weird Al is in an episode of season two, which is fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Not something I would normally pick. So yeah, I <laughs> it'll be interesting. No idea if you're gonna like this or not. If it's supposed to be funny, I'll probably like it. But I do know some people who listen to this probably will like it if they haven't already seen it. <laughs> cool. Okay, Sarah, where can people contact us if they want to get in touch on anything about the show? Any comments? Yeah. What if you what can any... they do? comments or feelings or suggestions or or anything at all we're still looking for if anybody has any recommendations for how we might talk about movies we would love to hear from you for the movies thing i i think we will probably have a couple weeks before my next pick with some other things coming up that we can get into in the next episode but i might just be picking a movie <laughs> movies are on the horizon so if you have feelings i might just know. be picking a movie at some point and <laughs> we're gonna try whatever i come up with for it okay. and we'll see if it sticks <laughs> yeah but if you have thoughts or feelings about that you can email us at keep watching pod at gmail that's keep watching pod uh you can tweet at us at keep watching pod instagram at keep watching pod or you can leave a comment on youtube which is also keep watching pod and if you're enjoying this podcast situation and you're feeling charitable today uh go ahead and leave us a rating and a review on apple podcasts and also uh spotify has uh, ratings as well so that'll help people find the show and that'll make us happy so yeah we're already happy but yeah, but doesn't hurt. Like a little <laughs> extra happy, you know. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.